With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the Lombardi line on a Tuesday. So much going on in the world of sports coming off yesterday's sports equinox today. Happy Halloween. Happy selection committee reveal day. Happy NFL trade deadline. We are just three hours away from that cutoff. Um, a couple moves have been made. Not too many just yet. Montez sweat to the bears for a second this morning. Leonard Williams to the Seahawks yesterday. We'll dive into those in a little bit, as well as keeping you updated on anything that comes to fruition over the course of the next two hours. But as we we welcome you today uh, alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. Michael, leave it to the NBA to upstage the NFL on trade deadline day. Your boy James Harden officially going to the Clippers. Well, I mean, it had to happen, right? I mean, it, it had to happen. I, I woke up to it this morning. I was delighted. I was so happy <laughs> to see it. You know, I, I don't know how that other second round pick. I'm still trying to tally up what we actually got for Ben Simmons because this counts into it, too. Right. So, look, I think the key element to the deal was cap flexibility. You know, this K.J. Martin kid that that, Hughes, that the Clippers traded two second-round picks for is a really good wing along with Batum. So they welcome Covington back home. Marcus Morris is a, is a, is a North Philly kid. So, look, it just, you know, you get rid of this problem that was lingering on. The bench step will be really good. Obviously, like most things in the NBA, that's what's the next move. And for the Clippers, I mean, look, you know, once man got hurt, I think they were kind of in a position that perhaps they needed to do something. And, you know, and it gives them uh, their big, it, it solves one of their biggest problems. Now, how Westbrook, how George, how, uh, you know, uh, Kawhi Leonard all work together. I don't know. I posted this this morning. Like, what's the over-under on the three of those guys being able to stay in the same game? Because, you know, Kawhi could call in and say he's not playing for 10 days, right? Mm -hmm. And there could be rest for George. Harden, at least, I mean, I felt like Harden tried to play almost every game for the Sixers. So I didn't think he was in the load management as much as anybody. But his skill set is declining. So I was actually happy he's gone. I know who's not happy. I know who's not happy, Stormy. Who's that? All the casinos in Atlantic City. Because he was a big, he helped that revenue down there. He was down there quite a bit. He was a player. Oh. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure Vegas, you know, it's a quick hop and a skip and a jump from LA. So, 
you know, I would buy stock in some of them. Yeah, he'll be making his way down here, Michael. We do know that much. Uh, uh, For those of you that are watching on YouTube TV or on VEASAN, you saw the layout. But for our radio audience, this is a trade that involves seven players, four draft picks and a pick swap. So Harden and two others, P.J. Tucker and Philip Petrusev, go to the Clippers. Philly gets the four veterans. Michael referenced Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Morton. Two firsts, two seconds and a future pick swap. Um, As far as the title odds go, Clippers in the preseason were 22 to 1, now around 12 to 1. And I agree that, like, he should make a difference. Obviously, he's a great point producing guy in the regular season. But as far as, like, the postseason and winning a championship, I still think that this team is just going to go as far as Kawhi Leonard will take them. And that is all about health and if he hasn't been able to do that yet and he's like my favorite player in the NBA Michael Kawhi Leonard is San Diego State grad but I just don't I don't think that that odds movement is uh I think it's a little bit much personally to go all the way down to 12 to 1 you say what's the over under on them all being on the floor at the same time I say what's the over under on the amount of time that James Harden decides that he's going to go somewhere else because it's just like every couple every year or so right Houston to the Nets Nets to the Sixers Sixers to the Clippers I mean where's next magic yeah I mean how about when, you know, he can't get his game going and the ball's not coming to him? And, you know, like, seriously, I feel bad for Ty Lu. I mean, look, they had to make the move. We'll see if it goes. I mean, for the Sixers, they've got a ton of cap room next year. You know, they've got these extra picks. You know, they waived Danny Green, which I thought was – I watched him play in the first three games of the year, and I'm wondering, like, what's he doing on the court? Like, as Parcells would often say, that's just stop in progress. And when you play an older player that's kind of at the end, I feel bad he was a great guy, but no more. So it gives them some athleticism. And look, they're, they're still not, they're not moving anywhere. I found it fascinating that people actually think the Clippers are moving up the ladder. Like I just saw like a statistical analysis that had the Clippers winning the, winning the West ahead of the Nuggets. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm. No, I, I, and Michael, I'm not even a big NBA person and I shake my head like that's I don't feel like that is realistic, but neither here nor there. Place your money where you want to place it. That's not my job to judge. Um, but OK, Michael, great stuff in the NBA. This is an NFL show and it is the NFL trade deadline. So we talked about the big blockbuster, which was necessary. And I know you're devastated to see James Harden go after all the wonderful Shot, things yeah. that he did for the 76ers. Yeah, I'm so devastated. I'm, well, you know, it goes back for me it goes back to what what makes me so angry about Harden is that all they cared about was trading for Harden look Simmons had to go right Simmons had to go it was like you know in the scene in the Sopranos when all sitting around the table and they find out what's going on with Vito and they say he's got to go right well he had to go Simmons had to go after not taking the dunk against Atlanta you got to go right but I would have I wanted to open the floor Like, he wanted to go anywhere. He wasn't telling you where to go. You could have traded him for as much as you wanted, but yet you had to have Harden. That's what makes me crazy. That's what drives me nuts is because you back yourself into this biased corner that you're going to create the Houston Rockets from five years ago. Of course, they're doing that out in Los Angeles now. So for me, that's where I get so – I don't mind Harden as a person. I mean, I don't like his competitiveness. I don't like how he quits on teams. But it didn't bother. He wasn't the cause of my consternation. It was more about how we just limited ourselves to this one player. And it was stupid. Yeah, well, hopefully now you have, like you mentioned, some added assets here and get some things to continue to build around Joel Embiid and, and go from there. But um, yeah, Harden, yeah, well, definitely he's well, not going to... Once gonna... he runs from the top of the three to the other top of the three, we'll be good. 
We're all good. <laughs> but, Don't worry, Stormy. You, you, hey, the conditioning, I thought it was going to get better, Michael. Well, just, I'll leave it Come at on. that. It I'll has never it gotten that. better. <laughs> um, as far as the NFL trade deadline, before we came on air about a half an hour, 45 minutes ago, the Commanders and Bears agreed to a trade that's expected to send defensive end Montez Sweat to Chicago for a 2024 second round pick. Sweat is in his last year of his contract and the Commanders opting for a draft pick now. Chicago beefs up its line. And this is something that we talked about yesterday, Michael, that the Commanders were going to have to choose at least between Montez Sweat and Chase Young couldn't keep them both after this year. At least they get something in return versus giving him up for nothing. Ian Rappaport also reporting the commanders are taking calls on Young as well. So maybe it's just fire sale time in Washington. Why not? I mean, they're one of the worst defenses in the league with them. Yeah. Right? They're one of the worst defense, and they have two of the highest paid defensive tackles in football. So, like, like, where are we going? I mean, we have these two guys. Everybody thinks, oh, my God, we got their great players. Well, if they were so great, why is why is Washington so bad? Look, the sweat deal to me just blew me away. I mean, I'm tired of typing for Twitter. I can't wait to talk <laughs> about it, right? So, Stormy, when you're getting ready to make a trade, and I've made a lot of bad ones, so I'm saying this from experience, right? I'm not saying this that I have all the answers, but I actually have more experience than Ryan Poles, who has now been a disaster at the trade deadline. Like, I wish I was in the league to call Ryan Poles on the phone. Because he obviously doesn't think twice, right? He doesn't measure twice, cut once. So let's go through it. You're making a trade. I'm going to trade with you. You have to back away from the deal and say, what's my safety margin on this trade? Like, if what happens if this happens? What happens if that? If I give Deshaun Watson a guaranteed contract for five years and he's no good, what happens? If I give him a guaranteed contract for five years and he's below average, what happens? you got to answer all those questions. You do the same thing as your team. So you've got three kind of teams, right? You've got teams that are not really competing for a playoff spot. You've got marginal playoff teams, and you've got teams that have aspirations to win a Super Bowl. And in each category, they're a little bit different. Well, the Bears are in the last category. They're not competing for anything. They're competing for a top 10 pick. So you give away the most prized possession that you could possibly give away, which is a second-round pick. They are like gold. They are gold. I would not give away a second-round pick. As much as I love Bella, my dog, if somebody wants Bella or a second-round pick, Bella might have to go. <laughs> like it might, She might have to go. I hate to do it, but she might have to go. Like There's no way I'm giving up a second-round pick to anybody. To anybody. And he goes and gives two. Why? You say, why would I not do They're cheap. And the same player you pick at 16, there's a good chance you're getting at 33. So the quality is the same, fairly the same. The fans don't see that, but the players graded pretty much the same. And this guy turns around and gives an economic value to a player he's going to have to franchise to sign. Like, it makes no sense. Eight games from now, I could sign him with as much cash as I put in front of him, and it doesn't cost me anything but the owner's money. Like, explain why this is a good trade. That last part, honestly, was something I wasn't even taking into account. I was looking more just surface level that if I'm the Bears and as bad as I am, why am I giving up a premium asset for a non-premium player? That was like essentially all that I thought of when it came in. But that's yeah, that's an excellent point that looking ahead to next year, you're you're obviously going to have to sign him for the long term and at what cost. And you're giving up something that's critical to building the future of your success. And that, granted, at least I do know. They have Carolina's pick next year, right? They're going to have two first-round picks, but those seconds are, are prized possessions. 
You can't get rid of them. You don't want to ever trade them. Like, you don't want to trade them. They could have easily, you know, because they have Carolina's one, right? Because they have Carolina's one, they could have taken their one and traded it down to somebody who might want to come up right now. You could make a trade now, and you could have picked up a bunch of assets and then then trade those assets away. Like, you can't just think linear. you got to think outside the box. Like, this is all about, and I've seen it in my whole time in my career. Well, if we get sweat, we'll be a better team. No, you won't. You're not a good team. You don't play from in front. He's never going to be able to rush the passer. You know, they're going to slide the protection to him. Like, great. You can't defend the forward pass. Michael, we'll continue to roll through um, the latest on this NFL trade deadline news and injury updates as well. It is Halloween, so we have a number of spooky segments that are lined up. Was Jimmy Garoppolo seeing ghosts yesterday? We'll recap Monday Night Football in a moment. We've also got some scary good insight on college football coming from Beeson's own Aaron Moore in Hour 2. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. All treats, no tricks. Keep it locked right here. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
It's football season, and the GM Shuffle podcast is a must-listen for every football fan. Hear our guy, Michael Lombardi, give his unfiltered opinion on players, teams, coaching decisions every Monday and Thursday throughout the entire football season. You can download and subscribe to the GM Shuffle podcast from VEASAN and DraftKings today, wherever you get your podcast. A fresh new episode just came out yesterday. And Michael, as we were breaking down the Washington Commanders and Chicago Bears trade of Montez Sweat, I, I was just laughing, scrolling through your Twitter feed because you were getting hot. Add more fuel to the dumbest trade sweats agent has all the leverage not 99.9 percent of leverage all the leverage 100 he should never answer the bears calls there's nothing to say other than all caps show me the money plus 25 percent. that just made my day maybe more than 25 percent. like why would you even call back you know a ryan poles we'd like to do an extension with sweat while he's here why why would i do one you know, why would I do one? I'm going to be a free agent. You franchise me. You pay me like a quarterback. They franchise me two years. Okay. If you pay me the franchise number over three years with X amount of guaranteed, I'll think about it. Like you're done. You're not, you're not negotiating. You're taking a, you're taking a demand, but you had to think about this when you traded for them. You're giving up a high asset. The, the reason Washington did this is only because this was a ridiculous trade in their favor. It was a ridiculous trade in their favor. Yep. And so it, it allowed them to get away with whatever they wanted to get away with. And, and it was perfect for them. I mean, you know, look, they don't care. You know, I mean, they, they're a bad defense with them. What do they care if they don't have them? Same thing with Chase Young. Chase Young's a media darling. Everybody in the media loves Chase Young because he's a second pick overall in the draft. Oh, my God, we got, we're got playing. He doesn't get to the quarterback. He runs past them 90% of the time. <laughs> And again, as Ian Rappaport reported a little bit ago, Chase Young, also a player that they are taking calls on in Washington. And it seems like, I mean, obviously Ron Rivera, defensive minded guy. Now you're offloading these defensive stars from your team. Uh, the writing on the wall certainly seems to be there for Rivera with this new ownership that this is the, the final run for Riverboat Ron out there in Washington. Uh, another player that's been in the news over the last 24 hours is would he, wouldn't he get traded from the Raiders, Devontae Adams. Michael, coming off the Monday night football game, one catch on seven targets for Devontae Adams, 11 yards. What was going on with Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday from your perspective? You know, look, you know, I know my son works there and everybody thinks I don't touch the Raiders. Look, you know, it wasn't good last night. Look, I'm fully vested and I wish somebody would had their own son watch on that. It's not an easy watch for you when the team doesn't play well. And I'm not blaming one player because he blamed himself. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't good. I mean, you know, for all the I, I love how these people get on Twitter and say, well, he had one target for one seven yards. Okay. Well, he's wide open twice. Uh, not, not, not a little open, like wide open, like high school open. Mm. And Jimmy can't get him the ball. Now, I think Jimmy's been hit way too much. I think Jimmy's gunshot. I think he's worried about his lower body. You can watch his mechanics. You can watch how quick he's just trying to get rid of the ball, throw it out there. Like the interception off the turnover, pre-snap, it's covered too. Right? You know it's two from pre-snap. I yelled it to Big Daddy on the couch. They're playing two here. I thought they were going to run it. And he throws it and it gets picked up. It's not even a good interception. Like he went, it was a horrendous throw. I mean, look, for all the problems of the Raiders, you know, the bigger issue is they haven't been able to get good quarterbacking play the last two years. I mean, that's just a fact. They've been in a lot of close games. They can't get that done. It's on them. Yeah. They traded out Carr for Garoppolo. Okay. And Garoppolo has played less than Carr played for him. And Carr wasn't good enough. 
So they've taken a step backwards and that's what happens. And usually when that does happens, not many people get to stick around and it's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. I mean, Raider fans act like they've been going to the playoffs for 20 years in a row. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Last time they went, last time they went to pass a, a, a wild card game was 02 and I was there. I mean, have some perspective. Last night, they never brought up during the entire broadcast. They never bring up the fact that half the Raiders first round picks aren't even on the team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's look, Mike Mayock, right? That's not even that what's was going Mayock. on now. He got him. The best player he picked was Crosby. And thank God he picked him. If he didn't have they didn't have Crosby, what would they have? Now, look, they got to assume the responsibility and Garoppolo to me, you know, he didn't want to get he was seeing ghost. It was yeah. clear as could be. I actually thought McDaniels would have to pull them. I mean, they were as bad as it was, Stormy. They're in the game. Mm-hmm. He completes the 90-yard touchdown pass, and it's guys wide I mean, Adams is wide open. So when everybody starts throwing this stuff around, well, you know, he had one catch. Well, well whose fault is it? Did it? Whose fault that he only had one catch? Is it McDaniels or is it the execution of the offense? I think it's the execution of the offense. Now, that falls on McDaniels' plate, too. But, like, let's not pretend that he's not getting the ball thrown to him. Come on. These narratives are ridiculous. No, they were thrown near him. I don't know if they were thrown to him. Again, that's not not his fault. Like, Jimmy G, what's frustrating for, I'm sure, Raiders fans watching him is that he's either hurt and not on the field or he's on the field and blatantly missing high, low, or just turning it over. And it's a recipe for disaster no matter what you do. And you said it, yes, he is getting hit a lot. The third down protection was not good. But so much of that is on his plate. And I I don't know if it is just because he's worried about his back or whatever, but it is. it looks bad. Um, they end up losing 26-14 in Detroit. So with that, we talk about Devontae Adams, Michael. He threw his helmet down on the ground in frustration. Here's him post-game, just not really wanting to say anything because he get himself in trouble I honestly I, I don't know what to say at this moment I, I truly don't I wish I had the the words to you know to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context so I'm gonna just uh, I truly I just don't know what are you feeling right now can you elaborate on anything going through your mind frustration but I mean that's that kind of goes without saying I know you said that you know you have confidence whenever you're out there in offense's ability, but is it kind of hard to, to maintain that when the results are what they've been? No, it's not hard to maintain the confidence in our offense. It's just hard to curb your frustration when you can't put it together when you know you should. Yeah, and frustration I think is a is a perfect word that he and I'm sure we a lot are. of people are experiencing. I mean, anybody who's I mean, I'm rooting for the Raiders. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I mean, you know, like look, it's. It's it's unfortunate because, you know, you're sitting there and is, you know, you're not as talented as the Lions, but you're sitting there right in that game. You get the turnover. The defense played their tail off. I mean, they created turnovers. They scored a touchdown and you can't complete a simple high school pass. I mean, a simple high school pass. You know, they came out and tried to throw the ball. Everybody was critical. They were throwing the ball. That was the best they run blocked the entire game. Entire season, you know, they had some things going, but when you got a chance to hit a deep ball, this isn't high school. You got to hit that. You can't miss that throw, you know. And, and it was at the point of the game where it was getting a little. It, had they gotten that play, you know, now you're only down by six. You need a stop and you win. So, look, that's what happens when you lose. There's always five or six plays that don't go your way. And what does that tell you? 
it tells you you're not good enough, right? It tells you you're not good enough. And the reality of it is, is they're not good enough. They don't make the plays when they need to make them at the most critical time. And unfortunately, they pay a price for it. They're sitting there in the game. As bad as the, the numbers looked from a statistical standpoint, they're sitting right there in the game. Yeah, Michael. And and on the flip side of that, we were talking yesterday previewing this game about like, how is this Raiders money coming in? We just didn't see it. And it ends up obviously falling the Lions way. But Raiders were in it. I thought I thought if not win, like there were multiple opportunities for them to at least get the cover from that standpoint. And obviously it doesn't come through. We did get our first half bet on the Lions through, which is a little bit fortunate, actually. Credit Sam Laporta for getting that touchdown for us before halftime. Um, but Let's talk about the Lions side of things here, Michael, because after the blowout, embarrassing loss that they took to Baltimore, an important bounce back for them as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. To me, I was disappointed in their play. Like, okay. I know they're missing some offensive linemen. I know they are. and But they weren't. And Gibbs was great, and everybody runs the ball in the Raiders. I think I didn't think Goff was sharp. You know, and their red zone was horrendous. Yeah. Their red zone was not good enough. I mean, the red zone, the game shouldn't have been as close if it was the red zone, you know, and they never really were threatened by the Raiders when you think about it. I mean, you know, they they were never really challenged. I mean, they didn't punt in the second half. So that tells you they only have one punt in the entire game, but they kick five field goals. So and then they miss one. And so I think to me, you know, they had the ball for almost 40 minutes in the game, Stormy. You know, and they scored 26 points. They, they dominated the game, but they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. And I think, to me, they're going to go against a lot better teams. And that pass defense that we saw isn't as good as, it, as, as we think it is in terms of what the Raiders did. Because the Raiders have ample opportunity. You watch the tape. Here's guys open. They just don't throw it to them. Yeah, it'll be that's an interesting team. I think Detroit to keep an eye on who are they really going to be? Because there's ample opportunity in the NFC this year, especially with the San Francisco 49ers taking a step back. The Eagles keep winning games, but they still don't look like the Eagles we saw a season ago. So Detroit, with the schedule that they have ahead, I'm sure hoping to try to make a run at that top seed. But if they're not playing to their caliber and not overcoming some of these injuries, what are we going to get? We got a lot more injuries that we need to update you on as well across the NFL. Stay with us here on the Lombardi line on this NFL trade deadline day. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Another way vcin's here to make you a better better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. And I may or may not have read that a little bit quicker than I usually do so that I can jump Jump right into the news that we got before the break. Michael Lombardi uh, announcing here that we saw the reports that the San Francisco 49ers have gone ahead and finished a trade for Chase Young from the Washington Commanders, who have now unloaded both of their defensive stars, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, in the last couple of hours. But never a dull deadline, Michael, with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan last year pulling off the pre-deadline trade for Christian McCaffrey, and this year with the defensive struggles that they have had lately bringing in a potential stud for that defense in Chase Young. Well, you know, if anybody's going to get out of them, it'll be the 49ers, right? Chris Cork, the defensive line coach, I think is one of the best in the league, right? He will get, he gets guys to play at high, high level. And the Niners have no real liability in this, okay? We talk about what's the margin of safety. Okay, so if they trade for Young and he's not any good, they'll get a compensatory three back for him. Somebody's going to pay him. They're not going to be in the free agent market. If he turns out to be lights out, Okay, great. He's, you know, well, maybe we could sign him to a contract. Maybe we can't. We still have Brock Purdy for two more years on a rookie contract, so we can pay guys. I think the one thing I love the most about it is I'm not a young fan. I think to me, he doesn't play with enough power. He doesn't transfer speed to power, but I think Cork will get it out of him. And I think, uh, you know, when they rush five now or four, they don't, have, they should never have to rush more than five ever, ever. Because you got one on ones with everybody at that point. You can, you, you know, you got Hargrave, you got Armstead, you got Young, and you got the great Nick Bosa. So they should never have to rush more than five guys at any single time. And he'll get a one on one protection, even though the, the fallacy is he was getting one on ones. He just wasn't making them. I think to me, the coaching will play over. And after not eight games now, Young will either be 
what everybody thought he was coming out of Ohio State, which is this elite pass rusher, or he'll just be a good player. But good players still make money in free agency. Yeah, and I, we were quoting Celine Dion earlier, so let's quote Cheryl Crow here that maybe sometimes a change can do you good. And for my, for for Chase Young, imagine being in Washington and just being miserable and knowing that everybody's talking about how bad you are to going to a team that has legit NFC Championship and Super Bowl hopes and potentially being a piece that's going to help elevate that group and get them on track to go on that run. I feel like he's probably going to be super motivated getting into a new change of scenery with a new coaching staff, a lot of positive vibes um, around the potential for that defense. And I, I was surprised to see this big of a name. Honestly, Michael, I was expecting maybe getting the, the name I kept hearing was at corner was Dante Jackson from Carolina. That was the yeah. name that I kept on hearing. So I'm very pleasantly surprised with this development. But see, the Niners are always of the belief that they're like the, I, I'm, they're not like me. I mean, this is kind of goes through time and memorial. You know, they believe in the, the the rule of when we were kids. Count the five Mississippi people get open. Count the three Mississippi, no one gets open. I'm from the three Mississippi school. So when you have five defensive linemen or three or five, four that can rush and you get one-on-one -on -one blocking, you don't need to blitz. Vince Lombardi said this back in the 1960s. Blitzing is a form of weakness. And he was right. Now, obviously, there's zone dogs and things. The game has changed a little bit. But if your four can get pressure on the quarterback quickly, you, you can get away with lesser coverage, guys. And the Niners have made a career of this because it's really, really hard to block them all one-on-one. -on -one. And you can only slide the protection so many ways. So I love the fact that they, they basically – they got Drake Jackson on the team. He's still there. Kinlaw, a first-round pick. Randy Gregory, who's got some off-the-field issues. But when they got Gregory growing last week, he made a few plays. So this coach really makes a difference on a lot of these guys. And I think good timing, too, with the bye week to get acclimated. Uh, bye week coming at the right time, I think, for San Francisco. Now, to the flip side, Michael, we did talk uh, about Washington earlier on when it came to them trading Montez Sweat away. What are you in what ways are you viewing Washington right now in their future and what this team is trying to do? They get a second round pick for Sweat and a third here for Chase Young. Well, look, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you could say, well, they're, they're tanking the season. Are they? Are they really? I mean, they, they were horrible with these two guys on the defense. So how much are they? Ta how much worse could they go without these two guys? Right. I mean, seriously, how I mean, they were. The ranked in the bottom third in almost every statistical category you could possibly think of. So could they get any worse? I don't see how they could. Now, here's the bigger issue. You know, their secondary is horrible. They can't cover anybody. So they're going to be vulnerable to the pass. So guys are going to have to step up. But they couldn't stop the run, Stormy. They haven't been able to stop the run. I mean, think about this. They, they are the 29th team in the National Football League, 29th in yards allowed per attempt. 29th. They're 32nd in touchdown passes. They're 29th in yards allowed through the air. They're 31st overall in, in points in points allowed. They're 29th in yards allowed. Now, if you don't like to throw it against them, feel very comfortable to run the ball. They're 21st in, the, in yards allowed per attempt to rushing. So they, like it hasn't like they played great defense. I mean, they played good defense against Atlanta. Right. I mean, excuse me. They haven't played good defense. They played good defense. The only game they played good defense was against Arizona. That was it. Everybody else is really, you know, last week the Eagles only ran for 59 yards, but everybody else has. Yeah, and I was going to say that Arizona game, that was week one. 
<laughs> that was week yeah. one. That's how long it's been. I mean, you know, and so like they, they, you know, it's you could even the Giants had 356 yeah. yards against them. I, I told you when we came out of that game that I was like, okay, I, I didn't watch the game closely because um, I was traveling, and I remember just thinking, oh wow, they only held they, they held them to just fourteen points. They must have had a good day. And then you look at the yardage and the way they were outgained, and you're just nope, okay, obviously, obviously not. The point production doesn't tell that whole story. And you want to know how bad they are this week in New England? The Patriots are laying three and a half points on them. If that doesn't tell you anything. Yeah, I mean that that's like a that's a funny that's the funniest thing ever, right? I mean, like seriously, you know, they can't throw the ball at all. And you know, they can't really they, they couldn't protect last week they could let Mac Jones is a little bit much like uh, much like uh Jimmy Garoppolo. We're very very worried about getting hit. Now, again, this isn't meaning the quarterback's scared. This is about that that they're they're protecting their bodies. They've been hit too much. This is what happens. Look, the, the when you go back through time and you look at any quarterback, right, and you see all Kurt Warner, for example, when he when he left the Rams, he was shell shocked. He went to the Giants. He couldn't really throw the ball. He had a horrible career at the Giants. People forget this, right? And then when he went to Arizona, he went as the backup. He didn't go as a Hall of Famer. He went as the backup. And all of a sudden, he got, got his eye level back up. This happens to quarterbacks quite often. They get gun shy. And, and I think that's what's happened to Mac Jones. It's happened to a lot of guys in the league right now. Oh, we got another one coming, Stormy. Here we okay, go. Let's, let's see what this one let's is here. See. Let's see what we uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to start Jared Hall this week. So there we go. Okay. So for anyone who missed it, Josh Dobbs has been traded a little bit ago to the Minnesota Vikings, but going with Jaron Hall, the rookie out of BYU, who replaced uh, Kirk Cousins in this most recent matchup after he went down with the Achilles injury. Okay. So good note there is the Vikings are getting four and a half against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta coming up this weekend, total 37 and a half. As we wrap things up here, Michael, and I'm excited for tomorrow when and hopefully some more deals come through um, here in the short term. Maybe, maybe that we can see if they'll have any other impact. But nice that we got some breaking news here. Let's close things out with our pro tip. I know we got to yeah. we still got to hit our pro tip, though. So close things out here. Got some great insight from Aaron Moore on the college football playoff selection committee rankings that are coming out later today as betters. Let's not overreact to this first set of rankings. It doesn't tell you everything, but it is good to use this as a way of knowing how the committee is going to view teams as of right now, what they're going to view as important, how they prioritize certain things like strength of schedule and opponents and like head to head and certain wins. Like this is what today is about is just kind of gathering information, Michael. Absolutely. And that's what we're in. We're in the information business. Same thing with this trade deadline. Don't yep. react to it. Don't think the, the the Washington football team are tanking or going away because they weren't good on defense with those two guys. So it, nothing's going to change. That's the storyline of the day for me. Washington's unloading assets, but I mean, they were trash on defense to begin with. So why does it matter? Which still is so disappointing because Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. That's supposed to be his bread and butter. Uh, I do feel for Ron Rivera, though, moving forward, because it feels like more and more his time with the Washington Commanders is coming to an end. My Michael's phone continues to buzz, so more trades coming through. The Sharp Money crew hopefully can help you navigate some of that next on VSIT and DraftKings Network. That's a wrap for us here on the Lombardi Line. We'll see you tomorrow.
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.